welcome to the Rise Higher podcast with your host, Amos, the Praying Man. Get ready to be uplifted and motivated as we journey together on a path of faith-driven inspiration. In this program, we focus on the power of faith and its transformative impact on our lives through meaningful discussions, personal anecdotes, and reflections on belief, we aim to help you discover the strength within you to overcome challenges and achieve your dreams through the power of faith and prayer. Join us on the Rise Higher podcast, where your faith becomes the driving force to elevate our lives and create a positive impact on the world. Together, we can rise higher in faith and inspire others to do the same. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us on our third episode of the Rise Higher podcast with Amos, the praying man. In today's episode, we're going to talk about a very beautiful thing, which is a moment, a moment, a moment. I repeat this word because we often find ourselves in moments. Life is made of little moments that add up to a lifetime. They add up to a lifetime of decisions and interactions with other people and with everything that surrounds life. Usually, we find ourselves in these moments in which we have to make decisions that will affect us for the rest of our lives. Usually, when we make a decision, we're seldomly finding ourselves thinking about faith in God. We usually think about ourselves and how our decision is going to affect us. Sometimes, we do include our loved ones, but more often than not, we're selfish. A moment in life, my brothers and sisters, can make or break your faith in pieces. Sometimes when we make our decisions, we don't take enough time to notice if those decisions are going to affect somebody else in a good or a bad way. But before we get into all these topics about moments and faith and the love of the Father, we're going to close our eyes and as it's tradition here in the show, we're going to do our prayer and Bless this hour that you guys are going to spend with me so we can rejoice and praise the Father, our Father, who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be world without end. Amen. 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 Thank you again for joining this program. So we're talking about faith. We're talking about moments in life that dictate the results, the end results of our life. These moments in which our faith is tested, our heart, our metal is tested. And we often don't find ourselves thinking, is this moment, is this decision going to affect my relationship with the Father? How is this going to praise God, what I'm doing at this moment? How is this going to be of service to the Father? In my journeys, I have been asked about faith. What is faith? And the people that don't believe in faith, the people that don't have a religion or any spiritual inclination, they often mock everything. They often find themselves trying to find excuses to negate the blessings of the Father, and they want everything to be logical and put in one pretty box. But the things of the Father are not to be meant to be put in a box, are not meant to be confined in what we can understand about life. You see, in this life, we're still learning. We still are not close enough spiritually to where we need to be in order to understand God. However, faith means that we believe in His love, and we believe in His protection, and we believe 
that if we lead a good life, then we're going to be rewarded with heaven itself. And it's a beautiful way to put it, but it's also not blind faith. God doesn't want you to believe in Him just to believe, just for His sake. He wants you to believe in Him so you'll know that you're blessed and protected and safe in His love. There's a purpose to faith. Faith is meant to give you the momentary pause in your life before you make a decision in something that might affect it. Faith is supposed to give you the, those seconds, that moment, for you to gather your thoughts and to think, how is this going to impact my love and my relationship with the Father and with my soul and my mission in life? To have a moment of faith is truly felt in your heart because your heart is your compass. Your heart is your compass. It tells you, since you were a little kid, a little baby, what feels good, what feels bad, what is right and what is wrong. Who hates you and who loves you? Who wants to see you succeed and who wants your life to be toxic? Your heart is love and love is faith. And faith is a series of moments in your life, a series of decisions that guide you towards the light of the Father. We all have a mission, a sacred mission here, but we seldom neglect our heart. And we ask ourselves now that we're older and wiser, what is faith? Has anybody told you what is faith? And that's why I decided to make episode three about the moments in life that build your faith. Faith is the construction of your decisions and the moments that you took those decisions and the consequences of those decisions, whether they're good or bad. But the whole purpose of these moments and this construction is for you to be elevated to God, to be elevated spiritually and get you closer to God so you can live in His love every single day and live as if you were living in heaven on earth. So we're talking about moments. We're talking about faith. But the most important part of it all is your heart. Because the moment we stop listening to our heart is the moment that we start falling prey for decision making. Sometimes the devil will put things that are delicious and that look good at the moment. And because we don't live with faith, because we don't make every decision thinking, is this going to make my spirit stronger or weaker? is that we find ourselves continuously falling little by little on the wayside and we stop listening to our heart. For example, today you decide to go party, but your heart tells you, hey, you know you've been having issues drinking, you have some health issues going on, why are you going out? Stay home. None of your friends wants to go. Why are you going alone? And it's in those moments, and this is just an example, of course, is this in, the, in these moments in which our human mind, our logic, our relentless ambition to satisfy ourselves, our human body, says, let's go, it does, we're not going to hurt anybody, God is going to take care of us. And we decide to go and then something happens. Anything can happen when you expose yourself to poor decision making. Now. When we talk about faith, we talk about love. When we talk about love, we talk about the meaning or the essence of the why you're making that decision. When you're feeling love in your heart, love for yourself and love for others, very seldomly you're going to do something that is going to affect somebody negatively. You find yourself taking time to make those decisions. So you could say that faith is love and love is faith. Love is the commitment of that decision. Faith is the belief that that decision is going to get you closer to the Father. They both intermingle. They're very, very, very similar. But again, faith is the belief that this decision, this moment, this interaction I'm having is going to get me closer to heaven. 
while love is the commitment on that decision, seeing through that decision, making sure that that decision is going to be nurtured for a long time until you see a positive result from it. Now that we know what faith is and we know what love is, then people ask me, but Amos, why am I going through these trials and tribulations? I'm a good human being. I don't do anything hateful against my brother or my sister. I help. But why is these things happening to me? Why is this sickness happening to me? Why I don't have a job? Why I don't have money? Why I don't have friends? Why I don't have a good husband or a good wife? Why I can't stop drinking or smoking or putting drugs and things in my body that shouldn't be there? Why am I suffering? And a lot of people will tell you, if you have faith, you will stop suffering. But that is not how it works. To have faith, again, is the belief that your decisions are going to lead to the right results. Love for yourself and love for the Father and love for others is the commitment on those relationships. Now, these interactions that happen, these situations, these events that happen, that you consider them to be bad or negative to your experience, these are the moments that we need to reconsider our approach. What led to that moment, to that event, that is causing us to suffer? And we have to realize that, like all good fathers, He, God Almighty, He will send us these trials and tribulations for us to understand the worth of our decisions, and thus understanding the worth of our faith and love. Without these trials and tribulations, we would not appreciate the miracles that God gives us every single day. We wouldn't understand how strong we can be, and how further we can walk, and how many times we can get up. These trials and tribulations serve a purpose to your life. I'm not telling you not to cry. I'm not telling you not to be angry about these things. But at some point, you have to realize that either it was based on the decisions that you made, or if this was something out of your hands that the Father sent you in order to learn something that you need to learn that is going to help you on your journey to heaven. There's two types of results. If we live our lives without God and without faith and love, if we believe in nothing, then we are sticking to the human side of things and we rely entirely on our decisions. And these decisions, the results of those, are going to have very human lessons. They're not going to help us grow and evolve into something special. It's not going to have the right foundation. When we talk about the human consequences of our actions, we're talking about poor decision making. Saying yes when we, supposed to, when we are supposed to say no. Saying yes to that drink when we're supposed to say, no, I don't drink. Saying yes to going out with that group of friends that put you in temptation and danger every single time you go out. When you're supposed to stay home. When you're supposed to grab that book and study. When you're supposed to go and rest so your body can heal overnight so you can be ready for the next day. Again, these are just some of the examples. The trials and tribulations that are God-sent are events that would happen without our interaction. They're out of our hands and they just happen. These are the events that the Father used in order for us to understand that we are made of something special. A good example would be falling ill. Many of the people that I have interacted with, they ask me for advice when they fall sick because they don't understand why this sickness is there and why they have to go through that, and why they're losing their friends. And I tell them, if this is something that is not a result of your decisions, then it's something that was sent to you for you to understand you're stronger, for you to understand the miracle of life, for you to understand something so special about you that you have not understood yes yet. And usually in these situations in which we cannot find a good result, and all the cards are on the table, and you don't know what else to do. This is the time in which we find ourselves being more spiritual. 
and we rely on God and prayer because we know it's out of our hands. So these trials and tribulations that are not the result of our poor decision making, then those are the ones that are used for us to elevate our spirits and to know that this body is just a body and is going to decay at some point, but our souls are going to be infinite and living in heaven. But we have to earn that piece of heaven with our actions through those moments that you go in life and you do good for others and you do good for yourself and you treat yourself with kindness. There's a good story that talks about the temptations and the decision making that leading to very brief moments in the life of Jesus that nobody else was witnessed but himself. And based on those decisions, he was able to grow a stronger faith. And it's all there in Luke 4. We just have to take the time to read. And it says, And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being forty days tempted of the devil, and in those days he did eat nothing. And when they were ended, he afterward hungered. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written, That man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. And the devil, taking him up into a high mountain, shewed unto him all the kingdoms of the world, and in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee, and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will I give it. If thou therefore wilt worship me, I shall be thine. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. And he brought him to Jerusalem, and set him on a pinnacle of the temple, and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down from hence. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. And Jesus answered, said unto him, It is said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season. This story is very, very beautiful because it shows how the devil tempts you in a brief, brief moment, in a second, he tries to test you when you are the weakest. When things are such that you have no other solution but to have faith and to have love and to believe in yourself and to believe in the Father above. The devil is not going to attack you when you are strong, when you are satisfied, when you are full of the grace of God. But he's going to attack you in those moments that you think you are alone, that you hunger, that you have pain that you're alone. He's going to attack you at your weakest. And as it says here, the very first line of this story when it says, and Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost returned from Jordan. Being full of the Holy Ghost is not just a privilege of Jesus or a privilege of the people that are guided by the light of God. We can all be full of the Holy Ghost. And what they're telling you is that and Jesus, using his heart as a compass, decided, you know, I think I need to go to the wilderness in order to find something about myself. My heart is telling me to divert in this other direction, a direction that is not comfortable, a direction that might have more hardship, but it's a direction that is going to teach me something that I don't know about myself. And this is what I'm saying, it's a moment a decision, a very brief moment in time. Jesus could have said, no, I'm not going to go to the mountain. I'm not going to go to the wilderness. I'm going to go back to the town where I know I have food and my apostles and my followers are there and I'm going to be in comfort tonight. Why do I have to suffer? But he knew, guided by his heart, guided by his heart, 
that at this moment he needed to go in that direction. And he doesn't quite know why, and he doesn't quite know the reason, but he knows that he's going to find something about himself that he is not aware of. And that's that line is so beautiful because it teaches us that sometimes every decision that we make with our heart, with God first, is going to make our faith stronger, is going to make us resilient to temptations. But first, as the story goes, you have to listen to your heart. Full of the Holy Ghost means full of love towards God. He felt anointed by him. He felt blessed by him. And therefore he said, you know what? I know this is the unpopular decision, but I'm going to live my life in such a way that every single decision is going to be made for my heart, whatever that may be, because I am of service to God. I am of service to do good for my fellow humans and for myself. And he didn't need any distraction. In this journey of faith, my brothers and sisters, this is a journey that you will seldomly have any company. Usually, it's meant for you to do it alone. So you can learn about yourself, and you can learn how to meditate, and you can learn how to praise God. These things you have to learn for yourself with your, and create your own language that is made of love, that is going to be of praise, and that is going to be of thankfulness to the Father. And it goes, being forty days tempted of the devil, and in those days he did eat nothing, and when they were ended, he afterward hungered. Why specifically forty days? Why did he put himself in that precarious moment, in that precarious situation, in which once he was in it, he knew that he was going to be tested. So he decided himself, you know what? I'm not going to eat. I'm going to fast. I'm going to trade this comfort for this spiritual knowledge that I'm about to get. So when we are doing Lent and we're doing the 40 days of Lent, we have to give up something. Some people give up drinking. Some people give up smoking or eating meat and stuff like that. And it's all well and done. But the part that often gets missed is that when they are, uh, when those 40 days are over, they go and smoke more, they go and drink more, they go and party more, they go and do drugs more. They often become worse than what they were before the Lent. And that is because the decision of giving up something is not based on love. It's based on shame and sadness. And yes, we are identifying something that is affecting us, but this Lent is supposed to be a filtration period led by faith that helps you come out of that hole and stop what is affecting you and destroying your body and your spirit. 40 days of faith is supposed to be a filter for you in order to reset your life and reset your relationship with God. And that's why it's so special. And even though, yes, we can give up something that is affecting you, it's truly illogical that we're going to go back and do the same thing that was destroying us. And Jesus didn't eat anything. And then, after those 40 days of meditation and prayer, in those days, after he was hungry, he was at his weakest. His body was weak. He had no energy. And that's when the devil decides to join in. That's when the temptation comes in, when you're at your weakest. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. Imagine that. He said, Make this miracle. You can make that, that stone be bread right now, and you can eat. And the only thing you have to do is be a little mischievous. You see, the temptations that the devil puts in your life, they tend to be small and insignificant. And there's just brief moments of your life. And that's when Jesus said, because he knew the importance of that moment. He knew the importance of making that stone bread because he didn't need it. Because he knew that if he did that, it was just going to be a temporary 
satisfaction and that there was something bigger in play, something bigger at stake, which is his relationship with his father. And Jesus answered him saying, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. It means that we don't need those extra stuff. We don't need those comforts that just make you lazy, that makes you stay in that sofa for so many hours in a vegetative state. Faith and love is movement. Sometimes it's okay to be a little hungry because it teaches you what you really are all about. Sometimes it's okay to be a little hungry because it teaches you to be resourceful. Because when you have everything, every comfort, every luxury, you very rarely do any spiritual work that is going to get you closer to the Father. So Jesus is saying, hey, I don't need that bread right now because I'm enlightened. I don't need that bread because I only live by God. And by converting that, that is not supposed to be bread, but it's a stone because my God my father decided for that stone to stay a stone, therefore I'm going to leave it as is. And I'm going to respect the decision of my father. I'm going to respect that he says that is going to remain a stone. And that is, it's a very beautiful response because these are the moments, right, in which we say, but man, I I deserve that. I, I need that job. I need that thing that I'm desiring. I, I, why am I not able to get it? Why am I not able to get that stuff that I need right now? And you have to think. If you start thinking with your heart instead of your human mind, right? If we start thinking spiritually, we understand that God wants that situation to remain that way because you haven't been able to learn about that situation. He's telling you that thing you want is going to remain a stone until I make it bread. And if I'm not making, a, making it bread at the moment, then you still need to learn that that is a stone and you need to learn to love that stone for the way it is. Because even a stone, even an uncomfortable situation is going to serve a purpose in your life. So we got to identify those things that come from God and those things that come from our decision-making. says that man shall not live by bread alone, meaning we cannot just live with human comforts all the time. We cannot let those things rule our world. A car is a car. It doesn't need to be a high-end car. It just needs you to get from A to B. You don't need that big house. You can live in an apartment if that's what you can afford and you're going to be able to live in that apartment happy. We don't need bread all the time. We can do without. And the devil, continuing with the story, taking him up into a high mountain, showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. So since he couldn't tempt Jesus with bread, with something simple, then he says, I'm going to show him everything that I have built. I'm going to show him all my power, everything that I own, and all my riches, and everybody that follows money that has fallen into my temptations. And I'm going to show him that he can be the king of all kings in that world. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee, and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me. And to whomsoever I will, I give it. Because the devil can give you human luxuries and power and human respect based on money, based on jewelry, based on drugs, based on addictions. You can control people. You can live in luxury and have not a care if you have all the money in the world. But those are the people. And as we often find, those are the people that have all the power and respect and now, you know, influencers and artists and people that are have millions of followers, they have all the power and respect of the world. And then you'll find out that they're the loneliest individuals and they go crazy because those things that are from the devil, the popularity and the money and the worshiping of the false idols, 
Those are things that are not going to get you closer to heaven, but they are going to put you in more temptation. And you have more chances of affecting a lot of people and making those people sad and angry. And the more you do it, the lonelier you're going to feel. But in the very beginning, when these artists and influencers and people that are in power in the government and all that stuff, not all of them, of course, there's some very good people out there. Those people that worship money, that worship power and desire more power, and they don't care whether they make others fearful or if they affect people, those are the people who are the loneliest because they know they have sold their soul and they have sold everything that they were for some coin. So do not fall prey of these people. Do not feel jealous that they have more and their grass appears greener in their house and the house is bigger and their car is fancier and they have millions in the bank because these are the people that are more prone to be in temptation and it's going to be harder for them to go on the road that God gave them. How are they going to figure it out a way to use their platform if they owe their platform to the devil and to other people that worship the devil? When they realize that, that's when they act crazy and they want to get out because they know if they don't do that, that there's not even going to be a chance for them to be in heaven with us and with God. And God and Jesus said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. And it tells you right there, it's very, very clear. He's drawing the line. He's saying, hey, get behind me. I don't care about what you're showing me. You show me all the power, the money, the countries, everything that I could have that you think is yours or that you have built based in deceiving and offering quick solutions. I don't care about any of that because God, your Lord, is the only one that you're supposed to worship. Nobody else. Jesus is very clear on this. If it's not from God, and if it's not about God, then we cannot worship. And what is worship? What is that exactly? What is to worship? To worship is to invest our time and our energy into a single thing. And what Jesus is telling us in that aspect is, do not waste your time worshiping other people that worship money that worship power, that worship respect, and they don't care about putting others in very bad situations in order for them to claim that. That would be the false idols. And it's okay to be entertained, but it's not okay to worship them and base your decisions by what that person says or sings about or shows you with the money or distracts you with all the bells and whistles. And we can all fall prey to that. But Jesus was very clear. And he said it clearly because it's a simple concept. If it's made from God, it's going to be made with love and to the benefit of not just me, but humankind. If it is not with that, with that sentiment of well-being, if it's not for profit, if it's not, if it's on God and Him alone, made of love, made of faith, that is, we're not supposed to pay attention to it or be too invested into that. And so, Satan is now losing his patience. And he says, you know what? I'm going to bring him to Jerusalem. And he put him on the pinnacle of a temple, the highest temple. And he said to him, if thou be the son of God, cast thyself down from hence. Meaning, throw yourself from the ledge. Because if you're truly the son of God, He's supposed to save you. Imagine that. Once the devil knew that he wasn't, that he was hungry, but that he was not going to just fall into into common necessities. Once that Satan went and noticed that he wasn't going to be distracted by the power of money and luxuries of life, he said, "You know what? Prove me then. Prove me that you're the Son of God. Show me right now that your God is going to save you." This is the place in which we find ourselves. This is that trial and tribulation, right? And if you notice, if Jesus would have thrown himself to prove a point out of that 
ledge just to see if the father cared. I guarantee you that the father above would have saved him. But it was Jesus' decision to throw himself out of that ledge. And that is the key. He is the one that decided to throw himself off that ledge. It wasn't God's decision. God will save you as many times as he can, but every time you throw yourself from that ledge, you're going to be broken. Every single time, you're going to get worse and worse and worse. And you're going to be so broken after every single time that there's going to be a time in which you're not even going to be able to recognize that God is there to save you. Now, you're going to say, but what is that ledge? That ledge, my friends, is that time that you drink a little more than you're supposed to. That time that you put yourself in peril when you're not supposed to be in peril. That time that you put drugs in your system. That time that you eat that stuff that you shouldn't eat. That time that you don't go to the gym because you need to go to the gym to make sure that you're healthy. That time that you decide to say, eh, I'll chance it. Eh, I'm too tired. Eh, I can do it tomorrow. And we decide to chance it. For example, they say, You're not supposed to eat from vendors in the street because you can get E. coli and you can get an upset stomach. And what do we say? Ah, no, I really want that taco. I really don't care if they're clean or not. I really want that taco. I'm going to go and eat it. And the very next day, you're in that bed going back and forth from the bathroom and you are wondering why this is happening to you. This is literally throwing yourself is a quick example of so many examples that we can put towards that. Anything that would affect our, our bodies, our physical temple, anything that would affect our spirits or is going to diminish our self-esteem and is going to make it blurry, a road blurry, if we keep throwing ourselves into that temptation, whatever that is, is like literally throwing yourself from the ledge and expect God to simply save you every single time. But if you notice, every time you do it, you feel worse and worse and worse. And then Satan said, For it is written, He shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee. He shall tell his angels, take care of him. And in their hands they shall bear thee up. They're going to pick him up. Lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. So they're not even going to let you hit the floor. And Jesus answering said unto him, and this is very important, it is said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. How can we understand that every time we're doing something that is going to ruin our temple, our, our spiritual and physical temples, that is an insult to God? Every time we expose ourselves to dangers that we know are dangers, it's an insult to God. Because God is, brought us here and he's teaching, he's teaching us the things that He needs to teach us in order for us to elevate. And He's very clear on that mission. We are the ones, because we have freedom of choice, and we test things that we shouldn't be testing. We go and learn from our mistakes more often than not. Because we simply think, oh, God is going to have me. I know God is going to see me through. And in his love, he's going to do his mightiest to keep you out of that temptation. That's why he separated you from those friends. That's why he told you, leave that woman, leave that man, leave that group of people that are affecting you and being toxic to your life. And they're cutting it short. But you go back to it. You go back to that ledge, expecting a different outcome than to fall down and break your face. And there's going to be that one time, that one too many time, that after being saved, you're not going to be able to recognize the power of God. Because that's what Satan wants you to do. He wants you to test God so many times, doing the things that affect your life, that at one point you're going to be so broken, so blind, that you're not even going to be able to utter the words that you need to utter to get closer to a prayer. And then you stop praying. And then you stop worshiping God. And then you find yourself even lonelier than before. And you cannot even see or feel Him anymore. 
because your heart has become quiet now. For example, talking about hearts and broken hearts. When we find ourselves dating and dating and dating, just for the physical pleasures, just because it's something that we like to do, and we trick people and we catfish people and we use people for their bodies or for pleasure or for money, and we find ourselves tricking people. You trick enough people, then you're not gonna know what a good relationship is all about. You lie to enough people that you're gonna think everybody lies to you. You're gonna cheat on enough people that you're gonna think everybody's gonna cheat on you because you have thrown yourself off that ledge way too many times. So what are we supposed to do on that? What are we supposed to do, brothers and sisters? Once we know we have thrown ourselves way too many times off that ledge, we have to understand that that's exactly what Jesus wants you to think about with this passage. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. So whatever it is that you're doing that is breaking you, that is making you feel sad and depressed, everything that you're doing that is, that is not made with love and faith, try your hardest, little by little, to stop that behavior. It's not a race. It cannot be done overnight. You cannot change yourself from one moment to the next, but you can start the journey of changing from moment to moment. We understand that? You cannot change from one moment to the next, but you can start changing from moment to moment, little by little, step by step, every single day, just a little better. Let me listen to my heart a little more. Let me pray a little more with more commitment, with less distractions, so I can start hearing my heart again, so I can be guided towards the journey and the direction and the road that my Father wants me to go. Whether is something comfortable, or whether is the wilderness, because I am going to learn from both. Whether I'm in the wilderness, hungry, meditating, or whether I'm in comfort, when you start living in faith and you start living with love in your heart, every single situation becomes a chance to get inspired to do better, to get inspired to strengthen your faith and to say, not today, Satan, today you're not beating me. You have tempted me so many times throughout my life and every single time I have said yes to you, but today, in this moment, I'm going to start saying no. And maybe sometimes I'll say yes because I know you confuse me and you trick me and you just know what to offer me so I can say yes. But because my faith has grown stronger, little by little, every single day is going to be more difficult and more difficult and more difficult for you to tempt me. And that is the last line of that story. And when the devil had ended all the temptation, when he couldn't tempt Jesus anymore with anything, whether it's food, whether it's power, respect, money, jewelry, people worshiping him, and everything else that he could think of, he departed. But listen to the last four words of that line. From him for a season, meaning that he's gone, but he might return when you find yourself at your weakest again. Because once you say no to the devil and the devil stops tempting you with the stuff that he used to convince you, he knows he cannot break you. Therefore, he leaves you and you're happy and you're satisfied in God's love. But be aware that he might be back. Be aware that he might find something that is going to just get you the right way and get you out of your path. You see, he's not, he doesn't have to build a whole obstacle to get you out of your path. He just needs to nudge you in such a way that you deviate ever so much from your path. And then you find yourself in a place that you don't know and you're lost. It takes but a moment. It takes a little decision that you might think, ah, this is not going to be of any major consequence in my life. Yeah, I can grab this pistol right now. Yeah, I can go and rob that person right now. You know what? I got away with it. I'm going to go and rob that liquor store. Oh, I got away with it. I'm going to go and rob a, a, a bank now. And next thing you know, you're caught and the cops are there. And now you're going to face your consequences of that decision. But no, 
that if you live with love in your heart and you live with faith, that you are able to take that second, that moment before you commit to this idea to say no, to say, today I'm going to be stronger and I'm not going to fall into that temptation. I don't know about tomorrow. Tomorrow I can fall. But today, at this moment, I'm offering this decision, this moment unto God, and I'm asking Him to give me the wisdom and the strength to say no. And that's faith. Because we have taken the time to make our decision based on God and His love and the love that we're supposed to have for our fellow humans and for ourselves. So this is the story of Jesus in the desert. This is the story of moments. This is the story of temptations. And Jesus taught us through his hardship that even in when we are in that trial and we are in that tribulation, when we are on dark time, that we don't feel good, that we're going through sickness, that we're going through different things that make us anxious, that are out of our hands, that we shall persevere. Whatever the outcome is, if we do things with love, we should be satisfied with that outcome. And if it's not meant for us to have it, then it's not going to happen. If it's ours, it's going to happen. If God's will says that thing that you desire is going to be yours, it's going to be yours. But understand this, and these are my final thoughts. God is not going to give you something that you're not prepared for. If you say, God, I need more money, man. And he's not giving it to you. You have to think why he's not giving you that extra change, that extra money. Maybe you're not ready to have that massive amount of money and success and power because you're not able to handle that amount of success and power and respect. Because these things that you desire, that we desire with our human minds and, and, and human ambitions, these are things that, if we do get it before we are ready, is going to lead us into temptation. And God, as a good father, says, No, I'm not going to give it to you. You don't need it just yet. You're not prepared for that just yet. I want you to stay away from that. So we have to be satisfied with what we have. And if we ask for it, because we are allowed to ask for things, but that doesn't mean that our Father in its love is going to give it to us. Because we all know, any child that everything is given to is spoiled. And God, in His love, doesn't want us to spoil ourselves. And if we are sick, and if we are in those situations in which it's out of our hands, then that's when we have to lift our spirit the highest. We have to praise the highest and say, It's okay that my body feels this way, but my spirit is not going to be broken. And if it's meant for me to survive this, I will. And if it's not, I'm going to make sure that people know I love them. I'm going to make sure that my father knows I love him. I'm going to make sure to tell the person in front of that mirror, thank you for the journey, because you have allowed me to witness the miracle of life and witness the miracle that is earth. Thank you. And I understand we're healing. I understand we're sick. And hopefully we'll be able to reverse those things. Maybe there's a cure. Maybe God is going to bless the hands of those surgeons and is going to help you survive. But we have to be ready spiritually for those things that might not be our way. And if we live with love and faith, then these things are not as big as you might think. Because your spirit is way more valuable than the body that you have. And you're going to be alright. And we know that you love us. And we love you. And wherever you are, you're going to be blessed because you loved God and because you love humankind. And this is something that is going to happen to every single one of us. At some point, something is going to happen. And we are all going to go. But it's in those moments that we know we have lived a good life. And all the money in the world, and all the respect in the world, and all the power in the world, were not strong enough to defeat us. And all the luxuries and all the temptations were not strong enough 
to make us deny our love for God. And that is life, that is faith. And I hope that the words that came out today from my soul, from my heart, rang a bell and were able to make you see life in just, just a slightly different way, that you're able to appreciate the love that you can have in your heart and the love that God has for you. Thank you so much for listening to me. Thank you so much for being a witness to this miracle of life. And I thank you for lifting up your heart and praise God. You deserve everything good. You deserve health. You deserve a better life. You deserve everything good coming to you. And as I close my eyes right now, I wish you the very best. And I send you all my love and I send you my energy and my good frequencies. So this week, if not this day, you're gonna find a closer relationship to our Father and you're going to bask in His love and you're going to stop throwing yourself from that ledge. You only have to turn around and lift up your heart and your spirit and praise Him. Thank you for being you. Thank you for being such a wonderful soul. We'll see you next week. This has been Amos, the Praying Man, for the Rise Higher Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the Rise Higher Podcast with Amos, the Praying Man. We hope today's episode has inspired you to keep rising higher through faith. If you've been moved by our discussions and have a story to share, we would love to hear from you. Send us an email at risehiremediallc at gmail.com to share your experiences and be part of our community. Producing this podcast is a labor of love, and we remain committed to keeping it free for all listeners. If you feel inclined to support us in spreading motivation through faith, consider becoming a member for $1 per month or making a donation through PayPal. Every contribution, big or small, helps us continue our mission of love. Remember, your faith can move mountains, and together we can inspire one another to reach new heights. Stay tuned for more episodes, and always remember to rise higher with Amos, the praying man. God bless you.